Welcome to the Building a Story Brand podcast, where we believe if you confuse, you'll lose. Noise is the enemy, and creating a clear message is the best way to grow your business. I'm your host, Donald Miller, joined by my co-host, Dr. J.J. Peterson. Hi, J.J. Hello, Don. J.J., today is the first day that we are announcing the existence of, and I'm holding in my hand. Yes! Here are the pages turning. <laughs> Our new book, yes. Marketing Made Simple. <laughs> Yes, it's a novel. Simple. It's not a. It's not a novel. It's a, it's a mystery novel. It's a real book, though. <laughs> it's a mystery. It's a, it you would think it's a book about marketing made simple, but it's not. It's about this. <laughs> it's about a woman who was killed on a train. <laughs> Ooh, we should have written. We should have written that. We should have written that book. <laughs> anyway, it is not a, a mystery novel. It's a book about marketing, and it it's the first time I have ever worked with a co writer to co write something. And here's what's crazy. Me too. <laughs> Since it's my first book, <laughs> your name looks great on well, the cover. Thank you. And uh, it should have been a little bit bigger than yours. I but think you it's can not a big pre-order deal. the book, no. but that's not what this is about. No. The reason we actually brought that up is because today is about asking for help. Yes, and the business advantage, the competitive advantage people have when they are willing to ask for help. Is yeah. asking for help hard for you? No, <laughs> no, really? no, I don't think it really is um, because I've just seen over and over and over how when you invite other people into what you're doing, you get different perspective and different gifting that I don't have. Yeah. And it just makes everything better. I mean, even this book, I mean, you and I, our name is on the cover. Right. <laughs> but, but there were a lot, a lot of, of people. Kula. Kula was a part of it. Kula Callahan. Ali Fallon was a yep. part of it. Um, our whole team, really, because the what we put in this book is what we've been doing. Kyle Reed's the, all over this yeah, book. Yeah, what we've been doing for the past three years, four years, five years of, of putting together tools that companies can use to grow their business through their marketing and messaging. And so pretty much everybody in our company contributed to yeah. this book. Yeah, it took a team. I feel like I'm not very good at asking for help yeah. in certain categories. Why, why do you think that is? <laughs> because my dad. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go deep on that. <laughs> no, but I, I think in in terms of writing, I'm usually not very good. I've gotten better and better. Uh, mm-hmm. Only after I realized that uh, the book is better. Yeah. That the actual yep. product you're delivering to the public. Once I realized that, I went. Oh, yeah. then I'll ask for help all day long. Because when you hand a, a manuscript over to an editor and oh, they gosh. just start like moving things around, it's like, oh my, yes, They're why didn't I magic. see that? Yeah. yeah, you're too close to it. Yeah. Well, today is really about asking for help, and we have Dr. Wayne Baker. He has done research, academic, your kind of research, <laughs> scholarly research, on the power of asking for help, how much more you get done, how much better it makes your life, and how you have, if you have a movement that you want to start, you cannot do it alone. Yeah. So this is going to be convicting. Yes. For, <laughs> yeah, we have 90,000 listeners. 87,000 of you do not like to ask for help. That's just a guess. And uh, this is going to be convicting. But he also gives practical tools on how to do it. Yeah. Now, one thing that you and I are pretty good at, though, is building a team. Yep. And for whatever reason, I don't see building a team and asking for help as the same. I'm not even. I'm not sure why. I think it's because, think it is. for me, the team, it's a team agenda or a yep. team objective rather than... You personal. Yeah, there's yeah, yeah. something... Like, I don't want to ask... Like, we're, we're moving into our new yeah. house soon, and... Like, I'm not going to ask any yeah. friends for help. I'll, I get, I'll buy I help. get that, yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know I, mean? I actually totally get that. But. but when it's a, like, if the team had built the house and this were going to be our office or whatever, that'd be different. Yeah, Does that make sense? Yeah, yep. Yeah. I th- yep. Anyway, it, it's super important to ask for help. Uh, Dr. Wayne Baker is the author of a book called All You Have to Do is Ask, available now. So here's my conversation with Dr. Wayne Baker.
Dr. Wayne Baker, thanks for coming on. Well, thank you. Glad to meet you. I got to tell you, you know, part of the shtick of this podcast is I get free business consulting and it looks like I'm going to get free business consulting and maybe some free counseling because I got to be honest, I don't like asking for help. Well, you are not alone. We've <laughs> discovered that that's an issue for most people. Most people are quite willing to help others to be generous, but reluctant to ask for what they need. What are we missing out on? What are guys like me missing out on if we're not asking for help? Well, all of us need input and inflow of resources from other people. We think about it. Advice, information, maybe a report, material resources, money, a referral, a connection, the list goes on and on. We all need a lot of resources in order to get our job done, and we do that through our connections with other people. So if we don't ask, they don't know what we need and therefore can't help us. What are some of the reasons that we don't? I mean, when I think about it, I think, you know, a couple things. One, it would sometimes just be easier for me to do it myself. And two, I trace this back all the way back to sort of childhood where we were a really poor family. Dad split when I was a kid. There was just this idea you really couldn't be a burden, right? We're trying to survive here. And I think there's some stuff from that that goes in of, of I always want to be the one to pay for dinner. I don't want anybody paying for dinner for me, you know, on and on and on. How much of our personal issues are getting caught up in this? Well, it sounds like you and I had very similar backgrounds, and uh, my dad taught me to be uh, very independent and not depend on anyone else. But what I found over time is we are interdependent, and we do need to interact with other people. We need to give, and we need to receive. Um, And asking is a critical part of that. Asking is really the, the catalyst of the whole giving, receiving cycle. And there are a number of things that get in the way. A very common one is the belief that if we ask, People will think we're not competent, that we can't Mm. do our job, we can't do our work. But, you know, as long as you make a thoughtful, intelligent, intentional request, people will think you are more competent, not less. There's research that shows that that's true. So there's one where we need to update our belief. Another common barrier is that we often assume that no one is able or willing to help us. Again, the research here is really helpful because it shows it's just the opposite, that most people, even strangers, are willing to help if you ask. Well, I, you know, I think about some of the people who've come to us and we, we've invested in their little companies and things like that, and how proud I am to be involved and how honored I am that they asked me and how it really is hard to believe that anybody could feel the way about you that you feel about so many other people, but I can see that I'm missing out on quite a lot. What does research, the research that you've done, show about how asking for help can actually improve, you know, the perceived performance of our teams and, and us as individuals? The tools that I talk about in the book are for individuals, for teams and groups, and even for organizations and organizational leaders who want to know what to do. And the research is really clear that at all three levels, that when we engage in this process of asking for what we need and generously helping other people, that it improves the flow of resources. People discover resources they didn't even know existed out there. You're actually able to do more with less, so to speak. We found that it saves time. It creates operational efficiencies. You know, I've learned over time that everything we need is out there somewhere in the network, just Mm. beyond our fingertips, and we need to ask in order to mobilize it. And once we do, organizations become more efficient and our jobs become easier. Well, probably one of the big practical helps of the book is you actually talk about how to ask, that there are good ways to ask and not great ways to ask. What are some strategies on how we should ask people for help? I think it's important to pause first and really think through 
what you want to ask before we actually do it. So I have a number of different methods for figuring out, you know, what are your goals? What are you really trying to achieve? And once you're clear about that, all right, well, what's a resource that you need in order to achieve that goal? And then from there, say, okay, there's a particular resource that I need. Maybe it's advice from an expert. Let's say that's what I need. All right, well, I need to formulate what I call a smart request. That's one that is specific. The M for me is meaningful. You need to explain why you're making the request. That's a critical part of it. People often leave that off, but that's what really motivates people. The A is action. You want to ask for something to be done. The R is for strategically realistic. So it can be a stretch, and I've got examples of near miracles that have happened when people have been willing to ask for what they really need. But, you know, if you say, I want to I want to colonize the planets next year, that's probably not going to happen, right? So you yeah. have to be a little bit realistic. It has to be within the realm of possibility. And then the T is for time. It has to be time-bound. So you've got some goal that you're trying to achieve. You've figured out the resource. Let's say it's advice from an expert. You're able to address those five smart criteria. And then you think about who you can ask. And sometimes going through all that process, you realize that, the person you thought you were going to ask is not actually the right person. And there's a number of things we could talk about there as well. So it's not just asking people you know in your, in your inner circle, but there's a lot of other ways you can tap into broader networks as well. You talk in the book about the law of giving and receiving. Can you go into what the law of giving and receiving actually looks like? Well, after many years of research and writing, teaching and consulting on this topic, I came to the conclusion that there really is a law. It's something mm -hmm. that we should use to guide our lives, our personal lives, and our professional lives, is that we want to be generous givers. We want to help people when we can, not keep track of who helps us. It's not about a tit-for-tat exchange. And we need to freely ask for what we need whenever we have a need. So we need to do both. We need to both give and we need to receive and again, as I mentioned before, it's really driven by the request. It's the ask that really ignites that whole process. And I think it has the weight and importance of a law. Uh, I've found that there are four different kinds of people, really. One we call the overly generous giver. That's the most common type. I have an assessment that we've developed for the book. It's also on our website. And what we found is that that is the most common type, people who are generous, willing to help, but don't ask for what they need. And over time, they get burned out as a result, and they're not as efficient or as productive as they could be. Well, let's go into that for a second. What do you mean they're willing to help, but they get burned out? Does that mean that they don't ask for anything in return? Or Describe this person to me. I've seen this time and time again. It's true for many people, but especially true the higher up you go in an organization. It's very true with executives who feel that they have to have all the answers, the wisdom, and, you know, they're willing to help anyone, but they don't ask for what they need. And what that means is that they're not getting the resources they need to be more productive. And they get burned out because they're spending a lot of time helping other people, but they're not getting anything in return. And again, it's not about the exchange. It's often the case that the people you help are not the people who help you. It could be like two different groups or two right. different networks. But it's really important to do both. In fact, there's a term that others have coined called dysfunctional generosity. A related term is compassion burnout. There's a whole variety of labels that mean the same thing, is that we give and give and give and give, and we'll get burned out unless we also receive. I'll be right back with the rest of my conversation with Dr. Wayne Baker in just a moment. 
Listen, if you need help clarifying your message, ask for it. Do what Dr. Baker has asked us to do. It really works. About 150 times a year, our facilitators go out and work with individual companies. They spend a day and a half with you and your people helping you clarify your message. You end up with a brand script, and that brand script gives you seven categories of messaging. The actual words you use when people say, what do you do? Or why should I buy your product? The actual words you use on your website, in your email blast. You actually leave with those words. Plus, our facilitator will look at some of your marketing collateral and together as a group guide you in actually making it better. The idea is if you pay us to come, before we leave the room, we're going to give you words that will actually make your money back. Find another facilitator who does that. If you want a StoryBrand private workshop facilitator to come to you, just go to storybrand.com slash private. That's storybrand.com slash private. You know, I've got a thing coming up, and let me just ask you for some practical advice because I think everybody listening probably has something that they want to do that they're not going to be able to do alone. You know, 10, 12 years from now, I'm probably going to move a little bit more into the political sphere of, of not running for office, but actually trying to provide political cover for any leaders who are willing to help us adjust the tax code a little bit to benefit my listeners. That is, sub $1 million businesses. You know, we're paying 37 to 39% in taxes, and our hedge fund buddies are paying 11% in taxes. And that's all because hedge fund buddies got these guys elected and they skewed the tax code in their favor. A lot of people don't know that. I mean, that's a very complicated thing to start, this little grassroots sort of effort to create awareness and also kind of lobby Congress and give them political cover to do the right thing in the tax code. It's bipartisan. It doesn't interfere with trickle-down economics. It's just this one little skewed thing that's going on. You know, I'm a business guy. I'm not a politician. I'm not in and out of Washington. You know, help me understand if I want to do this 10 years from now, I've got to start soon to build a tribe and network of people who are involved and educated and skilled in order to build that. What advice would you give me? And again, it's going to be advice for everybody listening because we've all got something we want to do like that. How do I start asking for help? What are the phases of that? According to your research, what's the best practice? It sounds like you want to create a social movement. Right. That would be a, a growing large group of people who would both lobby, maybe contribute resources for this effort and so forth. And I think you're quite right. If there's something that you want to have happen a decade from now, you have to start now because it does right. take a long time to yeah. build a social movement. I think there's a, a number of things that you could do. I would start, you know, one by one. I have a little mantra. I call it join, give, ask, which is to join a group or you can create your own group and people can join it of people who are like-minded and who have the same long-term objective in mind. The other is find opportunities to give to one another and maybe give to other people outside of that group. And then finally, in a position to ask for what you might need. And this would be repeated over and over, the join, give, ask. Now, the I would also um, advise you and your crew to think about, you know, what is that long-term vision? If 10 years from now you achieve what you want to achieve, can you describe that in vivid detail Wow. Of what the world looks like 10 years from now. So I, I mentioned that I have three methods in the book for figuring out what you're trying to achieve and a resource that you might need that you can request. This is the third method, which is writing a positive vision, a portrait or a picture of that future state. 
And the more detailed that can be, and perhaps it's something you do with other people, that helps people to see, okay, that's the positive future. That's where we're heading. If we're going in that direction, all right, now let's back from that. You know, what do we need to have done five years from now? What do we need to have done in a year and so forth? And that helps to both have the long-term vision as your ultimate target, but then you could parse it into specific steps of what can we do now. Well, that's really helpful. I want to read a quote from your book, and I think it's a good sort of final question. On page 38, you say, this book is not a license to be a taker. Far from it. It's an invitation and a how-to manual for participating in the exchange of resources across our personal business and professional networks. Asking for help is the essential ingredient because it initiates the process of giving and receiving. The secret to a culture of contribution is giving yourself and others permission to ask. In our businesses, we're all running businesses, we all have big projects going on, we're all managing people. How do we create a culture of giving and receiving? What are little things that we can do to really initiate a stronger camaraderie and teamwork in order to leverage our collective efforts to get more done? Well, I think there's a lot that you can do. So I write about uh, tools for teams. It's about a dozen or so practical tools, proven tools that you can do in a small group or in an organization. And I could just list just a couple of them quickly. Yeah, please. There's formal, informal huddles. So a formal huddle is something that happens, say, on the, the same time once a week. An informal huddle is something that happens ad hoc, that when you need help on something, you know, you just ask a few people to get together, brainstorm with you, and then they go back to their work. They're willing to help out because they're going to need you at some point in the future. You could formalize that process in the huddle that occurs on a regular basis. Another common tool is called the stand-up. The stand-up is very commonly used in IT and software development, but I think it has widespread use in many, many different kinds of groups. And this is a very efficient process where the members of a small organization or a team will get together, stand in a circle. They always do it at the same time every day, say 10 o'clock in the morning. And people go around in a circle and they say, here's what I worked on yesterday, here's what I'm working on today, and here's the help that I need. Mm. And this makes it safe to ask because everyone is going to make a request. In fact, not making a request is letting the group down. So these tools all start with that premise that if we're all in this together, we're all in the same psychological boat, it's going to become a lot easier to do. Oh, there's another one I talk about as the uh, one problem a week whiteboard. I really like this one because you don't have to be in the same place at the same time. And I learned this from some engineers in a large pharmaceutical company where every Friday they would write a problem on the whiteboard and they would put it in a public space. And then in the next week, people could pose a, an answer, a solution, challenge a solution, make a comment. And then at the end of the week, they'd go over that. Some problem got solved and then they would put the next one up. There are many tools like the reciprocity ring that I've helped to create and then give a toss which is a digital technology based on the principles in the book, based on this idea of let's give people permission to ask, provide the tools in which they'll be encouraged to ask, and we're all going to do this together. And then that really ignites the whole flow of resources and answers inside an organization. Well, and this is a piece of software that you've created? Yes, that's right. Wow. Where, where can people get their hands on that? So we've created a company. It's called Give and Take, Inc., People might recognize Give and Take from Adam Grant's famous book. Adam is one of our advisors. He's a member of this as well. And we have a, a professional CEO, Larry Freed, and others on this who are developing this digital technology. I have to say, 
they've done a tremendous job. It works really well. We've had really great success with it. If people are interested, the website is giveandtakeinc.com. Giveandtakeinc.com. Dr. Baker, this has been incredibly helpful. The book is called All You Have to Do is Ask. It's available on Amazon or wherever you buy books. Thanks for coming on the show. Well, thank you, Don. I've enjoyed our conversation. All right, JJ, I'm convicted. Okay. I am going to ask for help on Build the Middle Class. Oh. Yeah, I already know the people I need to ask. Just to get it started, don't. it's not going to be out yet or anything like that. It won't be out before the presidential election. We're talking about four years from now having a big impact. But that's a huge, that's a nationwide movement that has to get started. Yeah, and you're, but you're telling me now. I own (laughs) buildthemiddleclass.com, and if you go there, there's nothing there. Go there. There's nothing there. There's nothing there. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So I'm going to get that started. And will you keep me accountable to do that? Yeah. When do you think, uh, what's my first move? Um, By the end of this year. By the end of this year, something has to be on buildthemiddleclass.com. And you have to have asked for help for it. Okay. Yeah. There you go. And then soon I'll be asking for help from everybody listening. Yeah. (laughs) JJ, what is the thing that you need to ask for help? What's the big project, the big dream you have? Same level. Uh Um, I need somebody to come fix my garbage disposal in my sink. Like it's, I mean, it's been causing problems. Right, we'll, I thought we'll I could do it myself. Website. I went and pushed the button and reset it myself. And now I just, I finally like, I need help. Did you unplug it? I did. And you pressed that little button I yeah, told you about? You told me. I did ask for help. <gasps> I did ask for help well, on apparently it. Apparently I wasn't very you helpful. You were not very helpful, but I did ask you for help. I said, how do I fix this? And you said, you push a little button to reset it. You do realize you can't put silverware down the garbage disposal. I did learn that <laughs> at one point in my life, yes. Okay, JJ. So you're going to ask for help. Same. Changing the world. You and I changing uh-huh. the world yeah. by asking for help. You know, if one thing that both visions have in common is we're going to need plumbers involved. Yes. <laughs> Plumbers are very much part of the middle class. We're going to need the involvement of plumbers. 100%. All right, JJ, I'm going to keep you accountable to get that done by the end of the year. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everybody, thanks for listening to the podcast today. Music from this episode is by Andrew Bell. You can listen to Andrew's music on Apple Music or Spotify. Thanks, as always, for listening to Building a Story Brand podcast, where we believe if you confuse, you'll lose. Noise is the enemy, and creating a clear message is the best way to grow your business.